0: I'm Jerry Durham and I'm Andrew Rothschild and we are the Healthcare Disruption Podcast, bringing you information, ideas and thoughts from the outer edges of healthcare and sometimes even from outside of healthcare where the true changes will occur. What we believe is the singular focus on the patient will bring about the only true change in healthcare. Thank you for coming and enjoy today's show.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to the latest episode of Healthcare Disruption Podcast with Jerry Durham. um, I'm our co-host Andrew Rothschild. Today we're going to dive a little bit back into the customer lifecycle that Jerry created. And the next step in the lifecycle is the customer arrival. So we're going to get a little background from Jerry in terms of how the pieces fit together and then how this next stage fits into the customer experience. So Jerry, thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing that with us again today.
0: Yep, nice to be back. We've had a couple of uh, great episodes, our first of the year, which um, actually it's funny. I've, I've actually, the what if stuff, um, I've got some stuff posted on my walls and I uh, visit that stuff every day. So really glad we did that episode. And then it was great to get right into people who are doing with Mitch Babcock. So if you haven't listened to either of those episodes, I highly recommend you go back and listen to them. I think Mitch, uh, Mitch really dispelled some myths of what we've heard in so much of our careers. You can't do it. You need more experience. You shouldn't do it. And uh, Mitch really uh, had a great interview. So go back and listen to those. But you know me. I'm always happy to get back into this life cycle. And uh, what are we? We're almost halfway there, I think, Andrew? Yeah, I think so. Let me. Um, let me see here. One, two three, four, yeah, five out of eight. So this is five out of eight steps. So um, if you like, Andrew, I'll do a quick review of what we've done. And then we'll dive back into what the objectives of the life cycle are for some people who maybe didn't go back and start from the beginning. But I highly recommend you start from the beginning. And this stuff will make a lot more sense to you. Let me see here. So Step one of uh, the customer life cycle is actually the initial contact or what I call the golden moment. And that's when someone finally contacts you to schedule physical therapy or to do physical therapy with your clinic. Step two, in and again, remember, this is specific to my business. Step two is the callback or contact regarding the benefit check. So that's when we actually get back to the uh, potential customer, potential client with uh, their insurance benefits and their true costs for doing business with us. The third step, and that was our last one, is the welcome call, and I think we had a great conversation about that, and little did we know something like the welcome call could uh, cause me to go on a rant, and uh, oh, actually, I lied, today is step four, and that's the customer arrival. That we'll be looking at today. So those are the three steps that uh, proceed today. So again, today is step four in the customer arrival. And yes, you get to hear my dog barking in the background. That's the beauty of live podcasting. So let's just review. And when I say briefly, briefly, because we go over this in depth early on. So again, I recommend you go back and listen from the beginning. Um, The objectives of the life cycle, they are this. And these objectives have morphed over time. They've changed over time as I realized the true value of this life cycle, And to be honest, I just updated them recently. And the objectives of the customer lifecycle are that all team members know their role. All team members know how their roles play into the business success. That all your touch points with your customers are identified. That when issues arrive, or, yeah, when issues arise you know where they need to be addressed and if you go back to episode one you'll find out how the actual customer life cycle came to be it was because of an issue in my business and then lastly um it's not really a objective but it's just a statement here you can now deliver on an experience that will be the game changer in the value equation so really those first one two three four things uh the first four had to do with the objectives and the last one is just kind of the the icing on the cake, what you get out of mapping out your customer life cycle. Now um, let's get going here. You have any questions, concerns, talk about how you're using this in your, your clinic, Andrew.
1: Yeah, we're starting to incorporate um, different pieces of it. And we're sort of in the, Um, process now of trying to integrate it even more and and we're kind of sort of using your life cycle as sort of a a, a foundation and to kind of formulate ours off of and see how everything fits together. And the one thing I wanted to point out too is that in these first, you know, we're on step number four of eight and the physical therapist isn't even, hasn't even really been yet involved yet um, up until this point. Isn't that, isn't that the case?
0: Uh, Great point. um, What we'll see today in step four is I've broken this down into two halves. And so the second half of customer arrival is actually the physical therapist greeting the customer patient client in the waiting area. So, yeah, you're dead on. So we've got eight steps. And now the physical therapist is just making an appearance. And the reason um, I think that's really important to hit is Andrew and I've shared this in past podcasts, yet. Uh, If you throw out the question in social media or to a large group of physical therapists and ask them what's the most important step in any relationship with a patient, they'll tell you it's the evaluation. And I'll say you're high, a.k.a. you're wrong, because so much is built, so much of the trust, so much of the therapeutic alliance starts before that patient even arrives in the office. And if that's done, then the therapeutic alliance is just going to be a freaking home run because you have been set up. The physical therapist treating physical therapist has been set up for success. So that was a great point, Andrew. How's it going in your clinic, Andrew, with uh, doing some of this, as you talked about during the welcome call about going back and doing some of that?
1: It's going well. and I definitely am noticing a difference um in and, and you know especially the, the steps that I've implemented or trying to implement in our practice has really been the ones that we've gone over really on the on the podcast so far and sort of the ones that the uh the front office uh plays more of a role in and some of those little subtle changes I think have really starting to to pay off in terms of looking at our arrival rates, looking at our cancellation and no-show rates, and even cancellation and no-show rates, patients who may cancel or no-show but are still not, not losing people off the schedule in terms of they're still maintaining uh, plans of care. And I think that those little things have uh, made a big difference. And the next step that I've, I was talking to our owner about it actually this week is that we need to kind of tie down a little bit better actually is on our end. When I say our end, I mean the 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 physical therapist end in terms of making sure that we are um, consistent in our um, message delivery and delivering on the, on the promises that are made up on the front end.
0: Yeah, we talked about that early on, and I shared that story again where I made the mistake of, working real hard to make sure the customers knew our unique value proposition and we shared with them what they were going to get and then I totally screwed up because I forgot to make sure that the physical therapist knew what was being promised on the front end. So lo and behold, I got some complaints about things not being delivered and that was not uh, the physical therapist's fault, that wasn't anybody's fault but mine. Yeah, because I forgot to tell him. So it's simple stuff like that that can really uh, weigh heavy. So that that's a great point too, Andrew.
1: I think it's the consistency of it. Is I think that's the nice thing. Is we probably all do it, um, but not not necessarily with uh, any planned intention per se, and we don't necessarily a we don't keep accountability of it, and to to make it really a efficient and consistent part of it across all of us. And I think that's the, the steps that, we, that we're going to be taking next is to kind of shore that up a little bit.
0: Uh, you nailed it. And that's a great point. And no kidding, I was on the phone with someone today. I'm helping someone build out their customer lifecycle as we speak. And the interesting thing is exactly what you just said. It, it's him and one other guy, and they're knocking it out of the park. They gave me some of their numbers and their data, and they've, they've drawn it up and they're 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 killing it. And he wasn't saying therefore I don't want to do this. He totally got it. The point is they're ready to hire. And if they don't have this thing mapped out and don't have the objectives of each step and don't have the training that needs to be done at each step, then potentially that new hire is going to come in and blow up everything. And I'm you know, I'm not being facetious. I'm not trying to be my usual grumpy self, but if the if the new hire doesn't know What's required of them then? Or, you know, the owner's just saying, okay, this is how you have to do it. And there's no record of it. There's no training like you just said. Then we're setting this poor person up for failure. So such a big thing of the life cycle is to make sure you have the training and you have the objectives in place and the systems in process. So when you have a new hire, whether it's a front desk or a PT, you can, um, you can onboard them and bring them on quickly and bring them up to speed on the experience that you want your patients to have in your clinic. That was a great point. How many PTs do you have in the clinic?
1: There's five of us, um, including the owner.
0: Uh, any assistants and aides?
1: We have two techs.
0: Is that part of the five?
1: No, that's, that's extra. There's two, so two extra techs.
0: Yeah. So I would even argue that, um, you know, if you have physical therapy assistance, so the more people in the interaction, right, the more people involved in the interaction, then the, you know, it's even more important to have this process in place because there's more moving parts, shall we say, whereas in your practice or mine, and again, I'm not judging on your practice type, I'm just putting this in everybody's head, is that, if you're doing one-on-one care, then it's the front desk and the treating PT. But if you have assistants, it might be the front desk, the assistant, and then the physical therapist. So really important because that's going to look different than my customer lifecycle. So really important to get this stuff mapped out. Um, so really good points. So should we get into this? Oh, no, you got something. Throw it out
1: there. No, I was going to say it just kind of comes back to consistency and meeting expectations, right? So if the, if the patient, you know, customer has an expectation based on uh, one or two experiences in the clinic already, they are going to come to uh, expect it every time. So you want that delivery essentially of care consistent across all platforms, so to speak.
0: I agree a hundred percent. That's exactly what we're striving for here. Um, yeah, I think that's that. That's a great point. Anything else?
1: I think it would be yeah, great to get into sort of that next step and kind of see how the, uh, the, the, the pieces start to fill in a little bit more. Yeah.
0: So let's – and when I say brief, I mean brief. So someone has called the office. They've gotten their benefit information. They've gotten the welcome call, and now they show up. So here's the other thing, too, to think about. As uh, Andrew pointed out, no PT involved. We've had three steps without the. Um, patient customer, even being in the clinic. So we had three steps before they physically arrive. Step four is customer arrival. So it's the first time they're going to see your clinic. It's the first time they're going to see your front desk. It's the first time they're going to deal with your parking. It's the first time they're going to deal with your building. It's the first time that they're going to deal with um, potentially, well, this isn't the first time, but those, all those things are first times. So you've got to be thinking about all that. And the point is back to Andrew's managing expectations. If you have shitty parking, you got to let them know up front. don't just say, fuck, we're not going to share that. Um, and hope they can find a parking spot. We have for one of my offices, uh, when you tell people where it is, it's notoriously, notoriously a difficult place to park in town but there is street parking so when you call and schedule at that location one of the things we tell you on that first um, phone call is where when you arrive what two streets you want to look for parking so we actually make that part of the first phone call so managing expectations oh it's at 14th and market oh my god parking's horrible over there you know what it usually is But we find it's really simple, and all of our patients tell us, start on 15th Street, come back up Sanchez. You will find a parking spot on the first pass. So managing expectations. Um, So, again, anything that can, you know, you've been making these promises, they're looking, they're excited to see you, and then they get there and they have a bitch of a time finding parking. Um, I guarantee you that's going to lead into some problems, especially, you know, especially if, if you're in an area where they can go elsewhere and not have to deal with parking. For enough people, that could be enough to, uh, to end the relationship right there. So managing those expectations right before they arrive. So here they are. You made a lot of promises on those first couple of steps, and you've been delivering on promises, and, and it's time to, again, deliver on more uh, deliver on more of the promises and deliver that value for the, uh, customer. So, so they walk in the door again. What's the first thing they see, you know, is there a, Oh God, dude, I think we've, I think we've shared this in other, uh, podcasts and we've all experienced it. And we some of us have probably experienced it this week. You walk in and there's that glass slider. Have you been in a clinic like that recently, Andrew?
1: not recently i'm trying to think of i think my dermatologist office might have that but it's
0: i still will arrive at doctor's offices and there's that slider there um so my my just on this podcast my suggestion to you is keep all the keep all the obstructions at that main entrance to a minimum you know you might have a higher desk on the other side But yet when someone walks in that door, make sure they can see that. You know, that's what else I love. Walk into a doctor's office and the desk is so high, you can't see the people behind it. Right? So make sure that that side of the desk where they first walk in your door, first come off an elevator, they're going to be able to see that smiling face, right, of your front desk person. Because that front desk person, we want them to make eye contact. We want them to say, by the way, You know you have a 10 o'clock new patient. You know their name is Bill Jones. Bill Jones walks in the door and your front office says, Hello, Mr. Stands up and says, Hello, Mr. Jones. We've been expecting you. I'm so glad you've made it here. Right? So simple enough, right? And that is part of the behaviors and the words you need to use at customer arrival. And your front desk has to be doing that. And you can tell me that that's not that big a deal, and I will tell you every shit-ass experience I've had with a healthcare provider over the last two years based on stuff like that. I've not gone back to healthcare providers based on their front desk, right? There, there are good doctors out there. There are good physical therapists out there. There are good physical therapists in your community. So you've got to deliver that extra value. What is the value you can bring? We can all do physical therapy, people, right? We can't all meaning we don't all train our people in these how to use the proper words and how to greet people. So, again, learning the behaviors and the words to be used. And then, you know, the next thing is, right? So well, what's the next thing you think of? You're a, you're a new patient, right? You walk in the door. All of a sudden, someone stands up and says, Hello, Mr. Jones, it's so nice you made it. We're so glad we can help you out today. What's the next thing that's going to happen, Right. Well, the expectation typically is a pile of paperwork, and I'm going to get all this stuff, and they're going to ask me all the same questions they already asked me on the um, telephone. So now we've got a couple things in play, right? We, we got the person behind the desk, their behavior, their words, and then the expectation of a pile of paperwork. So what we've identified in my company is, guess what? The front desk person that greets that new patient, that Mr. Jones, actually comes out Visualize this for a second and think about the last time this happened to you. And I'm happy to have you chime in if this has ever happened to you at a healthcare provider's office, Andrew. Is my front desk person comes around the desk. Actually, you know what they do first? Sorry, let me back up. Mr. Jones, why don't you have a seat? I've got some things I'm going to bring out to you. Have a seat. I'll, I'll bring them over to you, and I'll explain everything to you. So right off the bat, you're at ease. Oh, that's cool. Sit down, right? The, my front desk person then comes out from behind the desk, either stands next to or sits next to Mr. Jones, takes them through each piece of paper and explains what they are for. So every time we get into like an outcomes measures discussion, and people are always talking about filling it out, I and this ought to get everybody going too. I'll guarantee you, if that outcomes measure is explained properly, you could probably bump your. And I'm not saying we're not we're not lying to anybody. We're not we're not leveraging anything. We're we're not telling people how to cheat the system. We're telling them what this outcomes measure is about pertaining to them. So every piece of paperwork goes back to Mr. Jones. It's why it's important for Mr. Jones. The outcomes measure is a tool that is going to help your physical therapist help you to better help them. Sorry, not you help them, the physical therapist to better understand what's going on with you so they can help you achieve your goals more quickly. That's a little different than figure fill out this form that the physical therapist needs. I mean, all the forms are because someone else needs them. So why the fuck do I want to fill them out? Nothing has to do with me and my care. I already gave you my phone number. I gave you all that, right? So we do, we give out a pre-printed sheet with most of the info they already gave us and just tell them, you know, here's your personal info. If we could get you to fill out uh, the blank areas, like maybe an emergency contact, stuff like that. We've already collected their diagnosis and everything. We found out what's going on with them. We're not going to ask them that again. The other really important paper in my business being out of network is the financial policy. So then the uh, office coordinator will flip to the financial policy, which is if you go in most doctor's office is a piece of shit and it's might as well write it in a foreign language. We have rewritten it to read exactly like the conversation that was had at the benefit callback. The, Front desk flips over to it and says, Mr. Jones, this is the benefit information that so-and-so, because we know who made the call, so-and-so shared with you last week about your insurance benefits and your costs. I need you to take a look at this and see if it is exactly how you understand it as the information given to you. If you do not, let me know and we will clarify whatever you need to know about this. I mean, you want to talk about managing expectations and minimizing any issues. That conversation alone has probably saved us 50% of any and all financial billing complaints. I guarantee you more than 50%. So... You can see this whole managing expectations, which I'm glad you said, Andrew, is such a big thing. And it started at the first phone call and it just continues. And you realize the physical therapist, it's not even time to see the PT. So if you had any financial concerns, we're not even going to start your appointment. We're not going to allow you to go in there wondering how the hell much you're going to owe We're going to manage that before you even step in. By the time you step in the room with that physical therapist, I want everything. I want you to just go, I'm in the right place. I'm going to get better. That's all that matters, right? And so we won't allow, we won't allow that financial stuff. Well, I really don't understand. This doesn't look the same. Well, hold up. Let me double check. You know, then there's a benefit worksheet. Then we can, we can actually contact the person who, um, who called them. They might need, you know, because all the information is always so new. They just may need some clarification from my front desk on that. But that is huge. That is huge. And then you get done with that and you're sitting there and guess what? Your PT is going to see you on time. I mean, you know, it doesn't, it's, I would say it's simple, not easy, right? It's not difficult to do that. You just have to hire some people who care about the people that are coming in every day. Who understand that, yeah, doing this is good because this is exactly how I'd want to be treated. So that's the first half of the customer arrival. Pretty deep, huh, just for a customer arrival?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 things that you probably don't even really consider. They're the average physical therapist probably doesn't even consider um, the the uh, intricacies of those little steps and the, the sort of the psychological implications that they may have in uh, the, the patient's expectations and prepping the outcome in a way. I really like the, the idea of this, the simplicity stuff, um, you know, because obfuscation usually will lead to distrust and simplicity will increase trust and people understand clearly what's going on. And that's one thing we've done as well as we took our paperwork and narrowed it down to one, one sheet. So oh, not that's not awesome, front dude. not no, front and back just tear, one sheet. You're bringing a just one tear sheet. to my eye. That's awesome. <laughs> that is just it was, awesome. It was two sheets, and we went through it like line at them. I said, "Do we need this? Do we need that? Do we need this? Do we need, Do we need that?" And just made it, and we got it down to one sheet, and it's just working out just so much, so much simpler. And I will challenge
0: but, real quick, Andrew, on that point because I love you did that, and and I want to make this point is I would challenge anybody listening today just take that one thing away. Go back and look at the intake paperwork. I will guarantee you with 110% certainty, and I'm almost willing to make a bet with everybody listening, that you can eliminate some of that paperwork. Just do that one thing. All your patients have been doing is filling out fucking paperwork. Give them a break. Don't make them fill out the same things. Don't. Here's the other thing I found, and this is where I'll tip you off. People were filling out stuff there that the PT was asking them in the eval room. So that's my challenge to you is is eliminate and get down – just eliminate it. You don't have to get to one page, but eliminate something for that poor patient. So you guys got it down to one sheet. That is awesome, Andrew. Yeah,
1: yeah and, that's, and that's one of the things we did was one of the things you just mentioned was that what are we already asking them? What are we going to ask them anyway regardless of whether it's on the sheet or not? Let's just take it off the sheet then because – a it's just a redundant piece of information and it's something that they they could get annoyed by because we already asked they've already answered that question so that's that, that was the first that was the easiest step that we took to start eliminating pieces
0: you know i love this so right so every i i even go to bed some nights thinking i just complain all the time but you know i i there's action and there's action every day and I'm doing more things for my patients and I'm trying to make things easier for my employees every freaking day. So everybody needs to understand that. So when I make fun and I bash on people, just understand it's because most of you don't want to admit you're doing it too. So, right. So I want to eliminate the uh, medical history form on the intake, right? Oh, uh, sorry. In the waiting room. So I go to two of my PTs, just like you said, I'm like, are you guys uh, doing a medical screen during your evaluations? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you would have thought I, you would have thought I asked him to interpret a full book of Chinese with my next question. Why are patients in the waiting room having to fill out a medical history form? Dead air. Well, you know, sometimes this this was awesome. That this was the best answer. Sometimes, uh, you know, people fill stuff out that they forget to tell us. I'm like. So wait a minute. They filled it out in the waiting room, but then they forgot. I'm like, that makes zero sense. I'm like, aren't you screening for all the red flags? Yeah. So is everything on that form a red flag? No. Do you need everything on that list at the evaluation? No. So why are we doing it? Well, because we need that information, but that missing thing, I'm like, wait a minute. If they put it in there, you're not asking them in there. And if they didn't fill it in there, they're going to forget. I'm like, you guys need to screen this stuff. So I, I'm moving towards getting rid of the medical form. It, it just everything. Not the body chart. Um, if you spend time with Jeff Moore, the body chart's one of the most valuable things you can do. And actually, the PT should be doing the body chart actually in the evaluation. So yeah, something like the medical history form, that is just that – that is a waste of time for everybody. And I would argue makes a PT a little lazy about collecting red flags. I'm like, ask the right questions. So – There's my little rant um, for the day about the paperwork. Nobody likes to do the paperwork. So why the fuck are you handing your patients a stack of paperwork? I mean, especially, you know what I love? We used to hand them, we'd collect all the information on the first phone call and we used to hand them a blank sheet where they had to write down their name and their phone number. It's like, we already wrote that down like three times. So, (laughs) So those are some places for you to simplify the process that actually bring a boatload of value to people. Because everybody comes in expecting a pile of paperwork, and when they don't get it, you're actually you're delivering something. Wow, this isn't like those other clinics.
1: Yeah, the the, sim- the most the most simple and seamless you can do it. It, it just seems to make it such a easier uh, f- uh, thing. And what, one thing we do, and we've done more often now, is email. We ask, you know, on, on that initial phone call, um, we ask them how they would if they would prefer to have us email them the paperwork. Yeah. Or awesome. just, uh, Would they rather wait to come in and do it in the office and most of the time we're emailing it and it just makes that process so much smoother on the day of at least as well
0: let me ask you a follow-up to that we even we took that one further because I found you know we talk about communication you know one of the other keys with this uh, customer lifecycle is you need to pass the information because like I said, we we're making promises during the first initial contact and not sharing with PTs. If you don't share information, it just tells everybody you're like everybody else and you really don't care. So when you email it, does the front desk know that that paperwork was emailed so when they walk in, they don't hand them a pile, Andrew, of papers?
1: Yes. they there's, there's some notation that is made. Now, what we have – we've had a couple times happen though is – and I don't know if there's a way to – figure that part out or not, is that patients have come in and said they've never received the email. And so one thing I mentioned when I, when I overheard that happen a couple of times, I was talking to the front desk and I said, you know, something that may be worth mentioning on the phone call is... When, when you say that you're going to email them the paperwork, have them check the spam folder, because especially if it's the first time they've received an email from us, and there you it go, might, man. Yeah, it might default to the spam thing. folder, so then they, they don't get it because they just delete the spam folder instead of
0: looking through it. You got it. You got it. That's a good one. Yeah, I think that's a huge step, because what I found, I was sitting, um, as everybody knows, I love to sit in the waiting area of my clinics, because I believe that's the most valuable place at any owner, manager, clinician could sit and learn about the business. And um, what I found was people were walking in with their paperwork and getting handed a pile of paperwork. Oh, you got it emailed. So we tightened that up in the system to, oh, I know you got the uh, paperwork emailed. Do you have it with you? And if they said, no, I forgot it. Oh, no big deal. You know, because we always have it together. Yet it wasn't just handing them. And again, this is telling that customer who's, Who's had everything, every promise you made delivered? That you guys communicate that they are an A number one. That you are not like any other health clinic they've been to. So it's really important. Um, tell me a story, Andrew. How do you guys greet the uh, greet the patient in the waiting room? Do you guys have any standardization, or don't lie to me either? Don't lie to no, me. No, we
1: don't. We do. We don't have anything standardized. Um. But the, we have a, a new uh, a woman who's our new front desk manager who had spent 10 years at another PT clinic and has been, now, been with us now for a couple of months. She's really kind of embraced, you know, I, I've had, I had some conversations with her early on about sort of the, the vision that we're trying to create and the, 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 thing, the changes that we're trying to make uh, from a customer experience standpoint. And she kind of really was already doing that naturally. Um, but she's, she's been really good about when she has the, the, the phone conversation about saying who, you know, giving her name, you know, doing, she's, was the one I talked about in the last podcast about the welcome call, um, kind of incorporating in, um, the strategy that you had discussed in terms of calling about asking if there was any questions before their appointment. And then when they come in, she's usually the first one to say, hi, I'm Brandy. We spoke on the phone. That's awesome. And so she's oh usually doing. She's awesome. usually doing most of the of the stuff of the of the. Um you know, e- talking to the patient on the phone, emailing the paperwork, that kind of stuff. So she she's usually on uh, well on top of who's already been emailed paperwork, who might need paperwork, um, and she's able to look at the schedule. like, Oh, you must be Mr. Jones here for your your, uh, your appointment with Mark. You know, so on, something like that. So it's it's been pretty. It hasn't been formalized, but she's sort of done her own thing, and that's been worked out very well.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And just so you know, I've been in contact with her to move her out to California. To work.
1: <laughs> don't think so.
0: <laughs> no, it's really nice. I, I promise you it won't be as cold out here. <laughs> um Yeah, that that is just great. And I, I've got to, again, I've got to reiterate that this is the stuff that just continues to compound. It's like compounding interest. And by the time the experience is done, you, they are just so happy. And again, I shared the story earlier, whether they got better or not, they are so happy with the way they are treated that the experience can't just, it can't be bad, whether they get better or not at the end of it. You know what? We did everything we can. I got to send you back to the doctor. And they're just so happy. And the first thing they tell the doctors, thank you so much for sending that, you know, me to that PT. So not only did they manage my issue properly, they, you know, I've had more people share that with all those MPS surveys I read through been through about four or 500 of the MPS surveys now.
1: That's awesome.
0: So just great. So can I share it? Can oh, I share yeah, another please. story with you real yeah, quick? Please, please,
1: please. So please. it's, it's, it's a topic that you'll really enjoy as well. Kind of going along with the, uh, in the same vein of the, the glass window partition yeah. is the, uh, the, uh, no cell phone, uh, sign, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what, well, what we did is we just changed our network about a month or so ago, and we added a guest Wi-Fi network. So patients can now come in and log into the guest Wi-Fi, and so they don't have to Fair use up, up again, up, up their data.
0: That is awesome, dude. That we have one, of, we have that too. I mean, there we are. <clears throat> I understand. And by the way, I don't understand a no cell phone thing. I understand maybe not having Wi-Fi for your guests depending on where you are. You know, we're in San Francisco. We have it at every office. Yeah, I think um, for listeners of the podcast that have sat all through, I'm sure um, everybody heard my rant about the, the no cell phone sign that got posted one day in one of my office by one of the employees. I remember walking in the tour and seeing it up and I'm like, who put this up? And everybody's shrugging their shoulders. Nobody knows. And I finally found some PT had put it up. Why, why'd you do that? Well, we, we've got, oh, this is my favorite. Why'd you guys? No joke. This was the answer. Oh, my God. I'm going to let the tension build. No joke. Why did you put... And it was someone who was in no position to be changing policy or anything about the way we're running our business. I said, why did you hang that up? Well, there's this one patient who comes in. I said, hold up. Let me be clear. One patient? Yeah, every time he comes in, he's on his phone and he's talking loud. Did you guys ever offer him maybe an unused treatment room? No said, so, so let me get this straight. We're going to put everybody off their cell phones because one person who passes through here talks on his phone a lot. Well, and then they start making excuses. And, you know, it's always for that one person. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, what a story. Yeah, those are just nothing says I'm an adult like a no cell phone. We treat you like an adult like the no cell phone sign. And by the way, if someone is on their phone all the time and you offer them the room and they say no, then you have an adult conversation with them. You don't post a fucking no cell phone sign. So everybody who comes in and, you know, does whatever, maybe someone gets on a conference call and never even talks the whole time. Who cares? Right? Have an adult conversation. Let's treat everybody like adults. That's great. That is great, Andrew. I love it. Well, I'm going to come to your clinic and just sit around and talk on my cell phone all day long then.
1: <laughs> we'll change the rule by then. Yeah,
0: exactly. Every, it, it'll say blatantly, here's our, here's our guest Wi-Fi for everybody but Jerry Durham. I'll put your picture up. Yeah, really. So cool. So I asked you, and we do, you know, and Jeff Moore is really the one that got me dialed in on this, uh, the the customer arrival. So there they are. They've had all their paperwork. They're totally, they're so set up for success now. And then kaboom. Walks around the corner, their physical therapist, Andrew Rothschild, and it's Mr. Bill Jones. And Andrew um, perused the notes that were collected on the incoming call. And he knows that Mr. Jones' two goals are, one, to play nine holes of golf with his buddies every Wednesday without a cart and to be able to pick up his grandchild without pain. So Andrew Rothschild walks around the corner and says, hello, Mr. Jones, I'm Dr. Rothschild. I will be your physical therapist. I'm so excited to get you back to golf and get you lifting your grandchild pain-free. And if you don't think you have just about nailed your outcomes by the time that that patient is standing up, then you are sadly mistaken. And that's the way I want. I know they don't. And believe it or not, I don't You know what the excuse is. I don't know. I don't even care to ask. But why everybody can't do that 100% of the time baffles me but that's the way we greet our patients. So again, you wanna talk about the connection of each part of that customer lifecycle? that information was collected at the first phone call and the PT has access to it. And they know before Mr. Jones arrives, what his goals are, how he got hurt. So, so much of the subjective is already done. So instead of sitting in the evaluation, which is the next step, which we're not gonna get into today and asking all these questions, it's more of a clarifying conversation. And man, Mr. Jones is going, man, these guys really communicate across their team. This is a place I wanna be right so again we've set this physical therapist up for success we've managed expectations we've done everything we've needed to do to now tee the ball up so that when this evidence-based medicine is um, is delivered this person is going to get better or they won't get better quickly and the physical therapist in this patient can have an adult conversation and we can make sure and get this patient to the right place so that is step four the customer arrival because as soon as they greet that patient and they say come on in then it goes over to step five the evaluation so what do you think andrew so far, so good.
1: Oh, yeah. I think that was really good. I, I like that. And that was one thing I – one big piece I took from the course with with you and Jeff was that uh, around-the-corner moment. Yeah, and that's I, it, dude. That's I, I really started being a lot more intentional with, you know, big smile, handshake, you know, just really making sure I was really – you know, I think I was doing it pretty well beforehand, but I was not thinking about it as much. I was just a lot more intentional with it. Um that initial thing. That's that's one thing we haven't really incorporated yet. Is we have you know we have we do have on the intake sheet the patient's goals, so they write them down. We we don't have it set up where the you know the intake person is having a conversation with them necessarily about their goals, but they are at least on the intake sheet, so we can start to you know formulate that in the, in the initial conversation. Yeah,
0: I, th- I think it's really important. I, I think it's a again. It's that summation effect, right? It's like compounding interest. Um, it, it really does. I would, um, as everybody knows, and we're going to end it here, Andrew, but I'll let you get the last word in, is really what's going to happen when we start to do things like that is, is <clears throat> your, your no-show cancel rates going to go down, your customer arrival rates going to go up, and completed plans of care are going to go up because of step one through four. Right? We already know how the PTs are delivering. We're managing that part of it. But step one through four are going to change three to four data points in your business that you had no freaking idea could have any effect on your business. And I will guarantee you with 99% certainty, you can change all of those things by putting together a tight system for steps one through four that we've gone through for this customer lifecycle.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a great point, and I think it's, you know, this is something that I've only really been starting to be attuned to over the past few years. And I think you know, for the people who are listening to this podcast, who uh, who have been listening to it, hopefully, what they're pulling from is they're already kind of bought into the uh, idea of the of this process and and the value that it can it can it can deliver in terms of your clinic and for your patients, and then hopefully they're picking up some tips on how they can start to uh, incorporate it into their own practice. And for the people who are just starting to learn about it and are still kind of skeptical about you know, is it really important? You know, it's, it really is. And it's, it's something that, you know, maybe as a physical therapist, you're not able to quantify how much of an impact it has. But like you just said, Jerry, with things like your arrival rate, no show rate, cancel, you know, cancellation rate, these kinds of things, customer satisfaction, that it, this is all, I think that as physical therapists, we tend to just look at us as what we're doing as the make or break aspect of the care. Um, but I think we have to realize that it's, it's the whole, it's the whole deal
0: yeah even you know i would argue and, and i think jeff would agree with me i'll make sure he listens to this that even a great um clinician like jeff Moore would would strive to have the front that step 1 through 4 cuz he knows it's going to drive his outcomes even even more and i think jeff would want something like that too so it, it's good for everybody again it's good for it's good for uh the physical therapist it's good for the front desk cuz They have a lot better interactions. It's great for the business. And ultimately, we all know who's the most important. It's great for the patient. So on that note, I think we'll say cheers and everybody have a great evening. You can uh, find Andrew on Twitter at, what's your handle, Andrew? At a Rothschild PT. I'm Jerry Durham, Jerry underscore Durham pt and twitter and also you can head to my website jerry Durham pt all one word.com jerry PT.com. head over to my website if you have any questions for us and we look forward to our next episode thank you andrew thank you jerry bye-bye thank you for listening to this episode of the healthcare disruption podcast if you like what you heard head on over to itunes and write us a review we'd love to uh, see your thoughts and opinions on this and uh if you really like what you heard then why don't you subscribe so you make sure and get the uh latest notifications every time we post a new episode if you want to stay in touch with jerry make sure and head on over to jerrydurhampt.com and click on the stay in contact button and i tend to hang out on instagram at jerrydurhampt and facebook at jerrydurhampt thank you for listening and we look forward to seeing you again bye bye